I walk into a place, I'm going to light it up and they're, they're going to be so confident by my frequency that they're going to make $100 and only have to pay me 20 This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. You have to have a lens of how much value am I bringing. To stimulate interest, you need to know one ask. In sales, do you know anybody that can help me? To close, it's can you see any reason why you won't want to move forward? There's these natural born closer types. Then you have people who are just terrible and let's just call it communicators. It was very simple to ask open-ended questions to get alignment and emotional attachment and then use closed-ended questions like a lawyer to lead them right to the value. When I became a student, a student of selling, uh, Mark Bosworth in San Diego Solution Selling, SPI ended up buying them. Solution Selling changed my life. Understanding. And when was this? Uh, so a- after law school, working at West so Publishing. Early 90s. Yeah, early yeah. 90s. And what I learned, and it fit right into my legal background, right? Was It was very simple to ask open-ended questions mm-hmm. to get alignment and emotional attachment mm-hmm. and then use closed-ended questions like a lawyer to lead them right to the value so that you could answer one quick question. Mm-hmm. Do you know any reason you won't want to move forward? Mm-hmm. So I believe that it, basic sale is simply, can I let you tell me the value of what I'm selling higher than what I'm asking for. Okay. And then ask them, hey, from what you told me, here's the reasons, impacts, and capabilities that you described so based to me. Based on what you told me, yeah. this is a perfect And I don't do it as blatant as, it. it's very smooth mm-hmm. and organic how I do it. Right. But there's a lot of just conversations and questions. And I really dwell on the emotional attachment because I do work within the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious. Mm-hmm. And I believe that what really sells is a frequency. Mm-hmm. So what you feel, because you're such a good salesperson mm-hmm. as well, is we carry a frequency. And I teach people to raise that frequency. I actually train my brain. I'll, one of the tips you know, in sales, I actually, one of the things I do every morning still is envision my room full of $100 bills. And I think in my head, what's it going to be like today to hand out $20 bill to Jordan and ask for 20 back? So I carry an energy, what I call the 120 rule. I walk into a place, I'm going to light it up and they're, they're going to be so confident by my frequency that they're going to make a hundred dollars and only have to pay me 20. Who won't do that? Who won't trade hundreds for twenties all day long? I actually do it in relationships. I'll walk into a party with my family. If everyone doesn't light up and my favorite nephew's not giving me big hugs, I'll walk off, shift my energy. Right? I'll go back to that $100 thing in the morning and watch. I walk in, my mom will physically turn around and feel me in a room. Got it. Right? There's an intuitive sense to selling, and I really focus it on that training. Although, you know, as we get to it, I'll have some real pragmatic advice for young right. and old listeners that changed my life. Really simple things that I'm going to give you. Mm-hmm. And you might even put them in your program because they have absolutely, I've honed down highly complex Uh, experiences and knowledge that I have into real simple things you can do every day. And I guarantee, guarantee extraordinary success, no matter what industry it is. Give me an example. Uh, Number one, student of your calendar. So people don't understand the power of time. And so being a student of your calendar means every day you need to study your calendar. You know, number one, you need to study it with a a lens of productivity, meaning everything you look at that you're doing in person on the phone via email and media, radio, print, TV, social media, whatever it may be, you have to have a lens of how much value am I bringing? Because all sales stem from how much value are you bringing? Mm-hmm. And in the, the more value, the more you can ask, the more you can close. Two is the lens of accessibility. Accessibility is a duality. So when you're studying your calendar and you have like certain rules like I have, 520 rule, all 
my phone calls, my objective is to keep it to five minutes. Bob Proctor taught me after five minutes, you're visiting. If you're there to make money, then make money in five minutes. Meetings are 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. After that, you're visiting. The other side of accessibility is uh, not just being accessible to others, right, in a limited amount of time, but also accessing what you want. Right, I think there's a big problem, which is the number two piece of advice I give to people. If you can learn to ask two questions, you will be successful. The sales and marketing to me is very simple. Marketing is asking, and is asking to attract, meaning marketing is about presenting something that's gonna attract the customer, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to actually portray via radio, print, TV, or social media, something that carries a frequency that the person's gonna ask you Hey, can you mentor me? Or can can I do, I really want to do that. It's much more difficult. Sales to me is very simple. It's so, asking two, two things. So, uh, sorry, no, no, in my process, no, please. here's how sales go. You stimulate interest, transition interest, share a vision. You're 20% of the way there when someone gives you a verbal yes. Real business is made on managing and developing a vision. 80% of it there. If you do that really well, your customer will tell other people about you and you'll thrive. I call that the five to thrive. Okay. To stimulate interest, you need to know one ask in sales. Do you know anybody that can help me? Right, so you literally, every day, especially now, because most people on average know a thousand people minimum. Wait, wait, sorry, wait, stop. Do you know to whom? Not to someone that's already yourself. No, no, because you wouldn't be in the stimulating interest part. Right, you, be, okay, that's in the right. market. That's so the, that's on the later side. Okay. So for me, there's always prospecting. That's prospecting, yeah, yeah. In person, on the phone, via email and right. social media. You need to ask people a simple question. Do you know anyone that can help me? On right? the prospecting side. On the, pro pro on the other side, I ask one question, how can I be of service, mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, to close, it's can you see any reason why you mm -hmm. won't want to move forward? That's a question. Um, so, you know, I'm, I made my money training sales back right. in the day, right? And the, what I found, is that there are like these two polar opposites. There's these natural born closer types, you, me, right? We yeah. just are, came from God, nature, whatever. Then you have people who are just terrible, and let's just call it communicators. Yeah. Not just sales, just commute. They just don't understand how to communicate an idea. If they tell a story, it's boring. <laughs> they can't close a door in the business world, right? That's the other. Then you have all these people that are in this continuum on, you know, from least bad to the absolute best, right? And what I found is that when it comes to people that are sort of below, let's say, like they fall on the bad side of the equation, or even like maybe 50 to 70, unless you actually tell them what they should be saying and often how they should be saying it, what specific tonalities to use, they can't use broader strategies like because well, i believe everything you said was true i wouldn't disagree with one thing you said so they're all truths but the point is i think that when it comes to actually training a salesperson that to make it for everyone you have to say to a lot of people just i call it like having a flawed communication platform yeah like they the way they they think something but their brain the words might come out but the tonality and body language what do you think about that agree disagree i, I agree and i also believe it's a muscle Right, and I believe that everyone has certain capabilities. Mm -hmm. For example, if you and I wanted to play professional basketball, not probably, we probably would do. Is we it, could practice a lot. On your shoulders, <laughs> right? We even make one person in professional basketball, right? But if we practice a lot, we'd be better than we are today. Hundred percent. And that's my philosophy 100%. with sales, right? We're agree, agree with it, it's 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 a muscle, and so you're better off doing that. The interesting thing, what you said, is fully 
proven. I had a kid that scored really low on, there's this Chinese score of how well you know English. And I didn't know because he was working with Tencent. We do a lot of work in China. I needed him for Mandarin, but I didn't realize that he really didn't know English at all. But anyway, I had him calling for me, cold calling. Uh So what he did, I didn't realize he always would- Cold calling in China? uh, Cold calling to American companies that go to China, sports companies. Okay. Because we had the relationship. Got it. But I didn't know how poor his English was. I, you know, (laughs) literally. But the interesting thing that, that I found was he would record me how I did it. Now, I thought he was learning, but he wasn't. He was mimicking. Well, he ended up being my best because what he was doing was setting up calls for me, sure. right? He was the best guy. In fact, he was better than the train sales guys mm-hmm. because they were using their own personality. They were switching what I said. They had different- He was inter- literally following a system that you-, you Like a song. Yeah, yeah. Cause that's how he had to learn English. Yeah, you got so now, yeah, I became a song to him that's and awesome. literally to the same intonation, that's et cetera. Awesome. And he killed it. And I couldn't understand him. Like, and I kind of was frustrated with the other sales guys. I'm like, how is he the top sales rep? He barely knows English. And then I realized why. It's exactly what he told me. words well. It really well. If he leaves these words, he can't close a fucking door. No. He knows how to sell that, right? It was a song. Yeah. He sang a song. Let me give you one thing that people don't do. I study my sleep, right? Here, here's what's interesting. I believe that the subconscious and unconscious is what allows me to sell really well, right? I have a frequency. Well, eight hours, the most common habit people have is they sleep. Most people never pay attention to how they sleep, where they sleep, what they're getting out of their sleep, how productive they are in their sleep and accessible they are in their sleep. Remember what those two words mean. How much value am I giving while I sleep and how accessible am I? What am I accessing when I sleep? I can't wait to do this. Is and going. So for me, I spend as much time studying, like I study, I have a, a mentor, a sleep doctor, uh, you know, Dr. Mita, who's world renowned. and changed my productivity of my conscious being, the 16, for me it's 18 hours because I don't need to sleep as much as other people because I studied it. Think about if I could just teach you to be two hours more productive during the day because you don't need to sleep two I hours. I sleep three, four hours a night that whole life. Exactly. I've never slept more than four hours a night. And imagine I'm if, on two hours right now. Yeah, and imagine and if I, I could great. even give you more energy. And right? everyone here, all my staff knows that, right? Everyone, that's why I, they I, hate I, us. That's no, why they hate sleep. us. I'm like you. I, my whole life, though, I go. I try to I stay up to them. It's not a great reason. <laughs> I had no. I had not. It's not. I had night terrors as a child. Oh shoot! I did. I had terrible anxiety as a child, um, and I have like this sort of like you know uh, ruminating thoughts and stuff. So I trained myself to fear sleep from the time I was six or seven years old. I used to look at the alarm clock and multiply the seconds times the minutes. I'm really good at math, as you can imagine, yeah. right? You know, up to like I could do instant multiplication in my head from that. And I train myself to get by literally with under an average of three hours a night of sleep. I can I can go with two hours and feel okay. Less than that, I'm a I'm, I need to sleep a little bit. Two hours, I'm good. But I get four, I'm a fucking champion. Like that to me is unbelievable. Yeah, and I'm there at five, so we're really close. Yeah. Where where it's interesting is you asked earlier too how I coach. The easiest way to coach people, even in sales, is understanding this fear. People are motivated by fear. A lot of salespeople are motivated by fear. What I do is help them understand fear is the biggest depreciator of energy of all time. Mm. It is though 100%. the best way to be focused. Mm-hmm. I, the fear focused you on sleep. Mm-hmm. And so what I give is quantitative substitutes for fear and as well as raising the awareness of when we're in fear-based consciousness, mm-hmm. right? The need to be right. Mm-hmm. This will uh, describe us early. The need to be right, the need to be offended, the need to be separate, inferior and superior the need to be guilty, the need to be resentful, the need to be angry, frustrated, and anxious. These are a few of the needs of the ego. You may imagine that in our previous lives, we lived a lot in that trajectory. Here's what happens. When we have a goal, 
right? A vision, which is uh-huh. important to have in sales. Different, we, different things though. Sure. Right. We, we're in a vision, right? Right, yeah. exactly. We have a trajectory that we're on. What happens is, you know, we start the day up here on top of a hill in San Francisco with a car. If we can keep the car on top of the hill and it starts to roll, all we need is one finger to push it back up. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. Most people go into fear-based consciousness and it just accelerates and accelerates and accelerates us in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And then we wonder why our lives are so screwed up. So what I teach people to do is stop, drop, and roll, right? I tell them all the time, your mind, body, and soul are on fire when you're in the ego-based consciousness. What did your mom teach you when you catch on fire? You stop, drop, and roll. If we can just learn to stop and be aware of, man, I'm angry, right? I'm frustrated. I'm scared. Whatever the emotions are, and stop for a minute. Drop down into a higher level of awareness and consciousness. Calm down biochemically. Mm-hmm. Then we can roll in the right direction. But here's where most people go. They literally get ego-based. Something makes them mad or scared. And then they just accelerate in the wrong direction. And then it takes them so long to get back to center, to get to what they want. And then they end up broke, sick, drunk on their mom's couch or wherever they end up. That's the majority of people just don't understand the ego-based consciousness. So not only in sales do you have to know yours, but imagine if we could relieve that and allow other people and guide them back into their center where we can have a logical conversation. Tell me about this, go back to the sleep for a second. Yeah. So no, how do you, what's the practical tip for someone that wants to sleep less and get more out of their sleep? It's a condition, right? So you wanna condition yourself to be in a place of sleep. So you don't wanna do anxious things like studying and, and you know, doing your finances in bed, right? You wanna have a place, and oh, number one, other great advice for everyone, two routines. Don't fool yourself. Have your routine when everything's okay. Meaning you're at home, you know, the family's not in town. You have that routine and stick to that routine. Then have the alternate routine where you're a student of your calendar and you make plans because family's in town, you're traveling. And this includes sleep. Flexibility. You need to have two basic routines. So sleep for me was having the right place to sleep. Dark, right? You should not have light. Right, light, light literally is very, that's why yeah, the so airplanes now, nerve, no doubt, your 64 degrees, I know everyone thinks that's really cold. That's the optimal temp- temperature to sleep mm-hmm. in. So if you can afford to sleep in that t- in California, it's, it's really beneficial mm-hmm. to sleep in the cold. Um, also, uh, the position that you sleep in, so breathing, you should all, everyone should have a sleep apnea test to see the very, how much oxygen you're getting. Uh-huh. These are all things, I had 52 nodes on me one night to see how quickly I get to REM because of, I knew how quickly I could get to REM. I could practice getting there faster and then get tested again six months later. Um, But for those just average people, if you just make your bed a haven for, you know, as my grandpa said, sleeping and stooping, you know, (laughs) that's what you should be doing in bed. Everything else should be outside of your bed as far away so that your body's conditioned. Mm. You know, just like you train a puppy. Mm. You put it in the cage, eventually it likes going in the cage and that's where it sleeps. Mm -hmm. You know, you do the same thing to yourself. Have it be at the right temperature with the right light. You will get so much more productivity and accessibility out of your sleep. You will have to sleep less. You'll feel better during the day. One other piece of advice. I live today so I can wake up at 4 a.m. tomorrow. Right, and you kind of do the same thing. It might be more subconscious. I'm five a.m. every morning. Yeah, and and I literally, when I'm making decisions during the day, you know, someone's like, "Oh, you want to do this?" I'm like, "Ah, "That will make it really difficult for me to wake up at four, so I'm not going to do it." Do you get wake up at four a.m. every day? Yeah, Yeah. five. So, and if I go to the East Coast, I wake up at seven, and then I just by one hour, like in UK, I'll wake up at nine. Here's the point, right? 
When it comes to sleeping, right? What I have found though is the key to the whole thing is just waking up and like not allowing yourself to flounder in bed. Oh, thank that's God. the worst thing, right? That I, you got to get up. I talked to kids. They, that was a question they asked me in training last week. They said, "What about the snooze?" I said, "That's the most ridiculous feature ever." Get up, and then here's where gratitude comes in for me, right? My mom, and you talked about the inherent nature of you knew who my mom was and I was by what's going on. I had to say thank you. This was conditioned into me when I went to sleep. Mm -hmm. Six kids, single mom, two rules, right? Gratitude, and she woke our asses up at five because we couldn't get in trouble because we were out of energy at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. If I came downstairs in the morning and didn't have this positive, gracious attitude, send me back up to adjust my attitude. This is religion in my house. And that is what you're talking about. When you wake up, you're seizing the day. You're, you're grateful for the day. Even though we've had a load of storm stuff in our lives, I've only spent one day in my life depressed. One day, and I would say watching Rocky took me out of it because he was getting his ass beat so many times. Right. I just kept, it my favorite movie, I'm watching Sylvester Stallone keep on getting up as Apollo Creed kicked his butt. And I'm like, <laughs> if I can look up, I can get up. What are right. you doing lying here? This is not that bad. You'll be, right? And I literally rockied myself out of depression in one day. <laughs>